Welcome to Table Flippers Podcast, outreach of Greater Worship Christian Church here in Lancaster, California. I am your host, Robert Enos, along with Chippy the Chipmunk. Oh, my adoring fans. Get ready for a huge dose of reality and a huge dose of common sense. You said it, brother. We're back, ladies and gentlemen, and I have some very, very, very special guests here with me. Some guests that you have heard before, but now we have them all together in one spot. We have Rich Gallego. Hopefully I said your last name correct this time. Perfect. (laughs) Mike Ross and his lovely wife, uh, Carol Ross. And, uh, of course, you, you, you all know me. And Chippy the Chipmunk, I'm sure, will come in here any minute now. But... You know, there's so many things going on in, in oh, I'm sorry. Say hello, guys. Hello. Hello, <laughs> hello guys. Aloha. I'm just so used to doing this by myself that I was just, I'm jumping in. We uh, have so many things going on in our community right here in Palmdale and Lancaster. As a matter of fact, yesterday we were all at the Lancaster Sheriff Station just giving a big hoorah and a thank you to our um, sheriff deputies and the hard work that they do. And that came on the tail of another uh, protest actually against our sheriff's department that uh, some local pastors came and berated our uh, sheriff's deputies and the hard work that they're doing putting their life on the line because um, a woman got body slammed but it was when you get into it (laughs) this is it's just kind of silly to me only because um, so a deputy body slams a criminal someone who is engaged in criminal activity and um, instead of pastors supporting our law enforcement for doing their job they they come and support the criminal you know and i just, what a strange world we live in and so this rally yesterday was just to say thank you to the heart for the hard work that our deputies do here every day putting their life on the line so that was just really refreshing so it's not that everything bad is happening in our community it just seems like the negative the knuckle-headed stuff it gets mostly the attention that's why yesterday was so refreshing to see so many people in the community just come out and and i was blown away i was only expecting maybe maybe 100 people and uh so they had dignitaries there and uh sheriff via nueva our last sheriff that was uh he came out that surprised me refreshingly but it surprised me tom lackey and local community people so and all of you guys so i appreciate that (laughs) Do, but, do you have any idea how many people were at the uh, the other protest? Um, the, the one putting down the yeah, police, by uh, chance? No, I, I, did, I didn't really count. I didn't go, of course. I just watched it online, and um, it didn't seem like it was even a quarter of what we I saw s- yesterday. I saw a news conference uh, from some of the locals here, and V. Jesse Smith, who says he's a pastor, uh, was the head of it, and there were 12 people there. 12? Yeah, you could count them. <laughs> were they all pastors? No, it was him, it was him and a handful of folks. I don't know who the other folks were. There were like three people that spoke at it, but it, yeah, it, I mean, clearly the majority of the people are for the law enforcement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just blows my mind because, you know, I never want to take away the people's right to protest. Never. I mean, no, you know. That's one of the things that makes America great. But in my mind, uh, especially if you're going to call yourself a Christian, but even beyond that, a pastor, protest something worthwhile. You know, really get your facts mm-hmm. before, because 
Um, I'll show you guys this afterwards, but the one that was there in the Winco, I was invited to be a part of that mm -hmm. in a roundabout way. Nobody knows how I got on this, this list to be invited, and I questioned them what happened. You know, really, I was asking just what happened, and they got mad at me for even asking what happened. Yeah, you can't One, let facts get in the way, then they don't have a narrative. Exactly, and that, that's what blew my mind. It's like, I, I, and I told them, I said, I refuse to go to commit to ruining somebody's life until I have the facts of why we're doing that. Mm -hmm. And they got mad at me for just wanting to know what happened and why it happened. You know, it's interesting you say, um, you know, you want to know and, and coming together, you don't want to have people um, not be able to protest. It's interesting because how many, how many um, pastors and things we reached out to when we were protesting things that were going on in the city right and it was crickets yeah. except for literally maybe two or three churches yeah it, it, that's sad to me and 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 you did know you yes. had facts you had it on paper yes. you had documents you had everything that nobody could say well uh we don't know what we're doing or why we're doing mm -hmm. it not at all you, you know rob it seems to me like this is this is an ongoing problem in our society that there are too many people that don't know how to think critically anymore Right. You know, they, they have knee-jerk reactions to something. You know, there's a police interaction with somebody in the public and somebody, you know, gets body slammed in this case. And, and people just, they react immediately without knowing the facts. Right. And there are people who, as Carol was, was you know, uh, speaking to, that if you start to tell them the facts, they don't even want to hear it. Right. Because if it doesn't comport with the narrative that they've been pushing, that they've been brainwashed in a lot of cases to push, you know, you, then they don't want to hear it. If they have the facts, then they don't have plausible deniability anymore. Then they have to actually think things through, and they may have to change their position. And unfortunately, I think there are a lot of people out there who simply don't have the character to say, you know what, I might have been wrong about this. Um, so we were talking a minute about how many people showed up at each of the different rallies. And um, before Mike said that there were only about 12 people, I, I wasn't aware of how many people there were there, but I was thinking to myself, the thing that's more interesting to me is what are the collective IQs of the people at the rally yesterday and they <laughs> were the other one. Because, I, you know, it's just too many of those people, when you talk to them, you, you can tell right away they don't think logically, they don't think critically, and they don't know the facts. Right. But, you know, the facts be damned, that's going to get in our way. What's yeah. it, uh, Larry Elder that says facts to a liberal is like kryptonite to Superman. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's true. Now, um, I, I, uh, I just kind of opened up with that, and I do want to ask all of you, because uh, right here, ladies and gentlemen, at this table are the heads of PFC, Palmdale Freedom Coalition, that has been spearheading so many things here in our city, especially Palmdale, uh, getting some things done at the city level with the city council, and really uh, above all of the um, things that they're physically doing one of the greatest things that they're doing is educating people getting the facts out there so I want to ask all of you and maybe rich you can start uh, what's going on with PFC what's what's on your radar right now I, I know we only have about an hour <laughs> so pick one yeah. or two topics <laughs> well I, I mean there are always certain specific things that we're dealing with you know it was the budget a couple of weeks ago the city budget and uh, whether or not special interest groups were going to be given uh, money from Measure AV, which we contend is illegal, uh, according to the state constitution. So there's specific things like that. But in a greater sense, I keep telling people we have certain certain responsibilities, and to my mind, those are 
you know, to re-educate our elected leaders, to, because they, so many of them, they haven't been responsible to the, the electorate for so long because the electorate has been asleep at the wheel. And you know, I, I count myself among those for a long time. I was always aware of national politics and things that were going on. It's not like I was completely disengaged, but I didn't know what was going on in my own city. You know, until the Rosses here started PFC two years ago, and you know, I, I was forced to become more aware of what's going on, and it's it's been a blessing, really. Um, it, it's kind of a difficult one to swallow sometimes, yeah. but it's yeah. it's better to know. Knowledge is is, is power. So, um, th there are several things that we're looking at right now. Um, I think the main one is is trying to recall Andrea Alarcon, our uh, our councilwoman from the fifth. Fifth district that we don't believe ever should have been allowed to run. We don't believe that she's fit to serve, and um, you know there's so many different reasons for that. But you know, a string of alcohol-related embarrassing incidents, um, financial issues in her own life that make her vulnerable, things like bribery and coercion. Um, yeah, that's what we're focused on primarily right now is the recall effort. I think. Yeah. Well, um, share with everybody a little bit reason why because. You know, we live in a world right now that if we, and I'm just going to be honest with you, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we were joking about this just a few minutes ago because I was told one time that somebody did something, said something extremely racist, and they didn't share my skin color, and I, I pointed out the racism behind it, and they says, oh, it's impossible for me to be a racist because I'm the minority didn't make sense to me because racism is an issue of the heart more than it is a skin color issue in that regard and um, so I just learned not too long ago that uh, Latinos Hispanic Latinos are the majority in the state of California so I'm gonna use that person's logic for just a moment ladies and gentlemen if I can do this it's gonna be illogical logic if that makes sense now uh, we, because we're a little bit lighter skin tone, are minorities, so we can't be racist. So we can say and do whatever we want, and they can try to label us racist, but it's going to fall on deaf ears because we are now minorities. And I'm going to use that logic, as foolish as it is. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm only messing around. I'm being sarcastic for a reason. I don't believe that for a moment. Uh, racism is an issue of the heart. Uh, more than anything else so I was just using that but there's going to be a lot of people out there that are going to hear the name Alarcon mm -hmm. and then go oh they're just racist because uh, she's what Latina but yeah. this has nothing to do with race does it no the, the nice thing about Andrea Alarcon and the issues we have with her is that there are myriad issues that we could have you know, if you listed the top 15 well, race wouldn't be involved anyway, but right, it just, right. it's it's ridiculous. We don't care. The candidate we ran against her was a Latina herself. Exactly. Um, I, I did a check once at one of our meetings to see what the demographics of, you know, approximately were of PFC, and it turns out it's a mirror image of the city of Palmdale. Yeah. Right? Mostly Hispanic, then white, then black, then Asian, Native American, whatever. It's just a ridiculous charge, but I've said it before, people that don't have a fact and logic-based argument to make they, they immediately go to the racism charge. It's mm -hmm. the final, you know, refuge of the stunted intellect is what I keep telling them. The stunted if they had intellect. A, if I they like had a, a fact-based <laughs> argument to make, they would make it, but they don't. Right. It's emotionally based. It's emotionally charged, and that's mm -hmm. what they need. They need to hit on the emotion of everybody else that they want to follow their illogical logic. Yeah, illogical <laughs> logic, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. I, I think that that's an issue. I, I think that's not just a political issue. I think it's the way that Americans are today. You know, Americans, I was brought up with the idea, my dad was in the military, so we were always brought up with, uh, we're a part of it, we're not the it. And somehow we've been convinced by society that we are it. And it's all about us, and it's about how we feel and all that. And, you know, I, I liken the, the stop sign. The stop sign is lo- the law. It's not how you feel about the law. It's the law. You're supposed to stop. Right. You know, but there, there's people in our society, and we, uh, I believe there's a sickness in our society today of people that centered on them. And they're not worried about really paying attention to what's happening around them and the people that are around them for real. Only when it comes to how they feel about it. And so it, we've become self-centric in a lot of ways. And I think that that is the biggest problem. I mean, like Rich was talking about, he alluded to having to re-educate not just the people, but the, the, the quote, civil servants who, you know, we constantly heard when we were in our fight, we'd be like, come join us from some of the city staff. And the, they, would, they would say, oh, we agree with you 100%, but you know what, I'm a year away from my pension, or I'm two years away. They, you know, people are losing their jobs and their livelihoods, and, and um, you know, during this all during the COVID fight. And yet the civil servants were all about them, not about the people. And I think that, that we see that in our society big time today. Yeah. Even in the church, I think we see that. How do you feel about it? Well, you know what? I read the Bible. I go by what the Bible says, exactly. not how I feel about what the Bible says. Right, right, right. Um, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, we are now in what used to be Butler's Coffee, Generations Coffee, greatest coffee on the planet. So if you hear background noise, it's because we're sitting in a coffee shop and we wanted to bring you into that experience. But uh, Mike, that is so true because a lot of people uh, are living solely on their feelings. Mm -hmm. I read a passage yesterday and it says, you know, uh, uh, I'm paraphrasing, you know, pay your taxes to whom taxes are due. Do you know how much I like that? None at all. <laughs> I don't like it at all. You don't feel good about that, I don't do feel you? good about it, about it at all. And, and, and one day when I get to heaven, me and God are going to have a talk. But it's still in there. And whether I like it or not, I still have to pay my taxes because the Bible, not because government, but the Bible commands me to. Mm-hmm. And that just makes that point that it's not about my feelings because every time I feel like I don't want to pay taxes. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're wasting my money. I feel like it's not, um, I'm not getting, you know, the, the most bang for my buck, so to speak. So I'm not going to do it. But that's all feeling based. But if the word of God tells me to do it, I've got to do it. Yeah. And it's not just the Bible, but like you said, that stop sign is there for a reason for everybody. Yeah. It, it's there for all of us. I don't like that either because sometimes I'm in a hurry. Well, I, I think I think that's part of the reason PFC is is uh, as effective as it is because we let the logic and the reason and the law and all the research that we do move us into action, mm-hmm. not just how we feel about it, but it moves us. We look at it and go, wait a second, these guys are they're doing something against the law as as far as we understand. And we don't walk in with our pitchforks and right. stuff and say, hey, you're breaking the law. We come in and we say, hey, we just read this. What do you think about it? Right. right. What are your thoughts? Yeah. And oftentimes we get back, well, this is how I feel about it. And, yeah. and that's just something that 
I think we need to make that change. I, I've told our, our group PFC before, the left, you know, the demon, whatever you want to call it, there's a, a habit of trying to change the narrative, and it's very effective, right? Even changing the language. And how many times you ask somebody, you know, about a situation, they say, well, I feel this and I feel that. I actually have gotten to the point where I, I will stop them and say, look, no disrespect, but I don't care how you feel. Right. I want to know what you think. Right. Because there's a real difference, and if we can retrain people to start thinking that way, I, they'll see that there's a difference. But you see, the left comes in and they start using words inter interchangeably. They conflate equality with equity, think with feel. Well, those things aren't the same. Right. And it makes a difference in the, in the discourse that happens as a result of it. So I think we need to, you know, constantly be on guard about that and let people know, no, 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 I don't, I'm not interested in what you, what you feel right now. I need to know what you think. And Mike's right. When we go and speak to people, you know, we, we always tell our people, make sure you have your facts right. And, and so far, we've had our facts right. I don't think that there's a single case where, and by the way, you know, I, I've told people before, if, I, if I'm wrong about something, I want you to tell me, because I don't want to continue being wrong about it, right? Um, but so far, as far as the city, the one time that any of them told us we were wrong about something, like overtly said we were wrong, was the last meeting I spoke at. The <laughs> interim attorney said that I was wrong about Palmdale uh, being uh, under the, the, the uh, state constitution, meaning we have to pay attention to it. And the, the attorney said, because we're a chartered city, it doesn't apply to us, which is it's ridiculous. Right. So the one time we were told we were wrong, we were actually right. Yeah. But that's because we think. We yeah. don't we don't make our, our game plan or our arguments or our strategies based on our feelings. We right. think about it. Yeah. yeah. That's good. So back to Andrea Alarcon, because um, there's some issues there, not just with her personally, but the whole city council, and she seems to be at the center of it. Why should people here in Palmdale even care? Don't give me your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Carol, you want to add to that? Sure. Okay, first of all, just on a character level, I know everybody says, oh, it shouldn't matter what somebody does on their own time if they're a politician. But it does reveal character. Yeah. Okay, so these people are put in positions where they are going to have to make decisions about the zoning of the city, about where our tax dollars goes, um, all these different things. So you do want someone of character in those positions. Um, you know, we're talking about how people usually, it's really about them, civil servants. It's supposed to be about serving the city, serving the people. And yet we see a lot of politicians, and I'm not going to say everybody, but I'm going to say from what I've witnessed, the majority of politicians are not in as civil servants to actually serve the people. It seems there is a, it is a political game of moving up the ladder and to getting to different levels within politics. So most of their decisions seem to be based on how it is going to benefit them, either financially, how it's it's going to benefit them as they climb the political ladder. So we do have to look at character because we do want somebody who's going to make decisions that are going to impact the people and the community in a positive way. So I think character is huge. I think it's also really important to look at alliances. And, you know, you can't automatically assume we need to fact check just because somebody's in a picture or photo with somebody. We can't assume, oh, my goodness, this person, you know, is very involved with this group or this organization or this person. But we do need to look at the background and alliances. That's what we're seeing in our city is there's so many alliances that we believe 
are not good for our city. We're trying to fight regionalism. And yet we see so many alliances between some of the staff, upper staff members, um, and city council to our neighboring city, <clears throat> which we don't believe that that is going to benefit our city, the city of Palmdale. So I think it's two things, character and alliances. And with Miss Alarcon, well, there's right there at least two strikes against her, the character issue and then some of the alliances that she, she has. And then also, too, are they going to be people of integrity? Are they going to be honest? And when you're seeing people cover up, rationalize, or blatantly lie, that is an issue, and that should be a huge red flag for everybody. Right, right. Yeah. Um, I would want to just sit here and beat up on Miss Alarcon because, it, to me, to me, she's like the, at, uh, in many ways at the um, pinnacle of the issues, you know, that we're dealing with, with our city council and our city, the corruption and all the nonsense that goes on. And uh, it seems like if we can't get this one right, how can we get any of the other things right? If we can make this big of a mistake by putting someone like her in there, all the other issues are, you know, how can we really tackle them with dealing with something that's so blatant and in our face. But we've seen that time and time again. Mm -hmm. This isn't the first time they put somebody in that was questionable. We've had issues with <laughs> with, with a previous... <laughs> yeah. That's not the second yeah. time either, and probably not the third or fourth. Yeah. Um, but we see that with previous staff members, with our previous uh, city manager, which the city is now it's cost the city millions of dollars yeah. Millions. so yeah this is this is a pattern this right. is a habit and you do have to at that point start questioning okay let's look at all the other city council members and say where are their hearts at right how do you keep making mistakes like that time after time after time again if you're mm -hmm. not actually just looking for your own better right and, and there's part of the problem too is that even when when they finally stood, when you said, how can we make mistakes like that? And I know you didn't mean we as in the citizens. Not at this table. <laughs> yeah, not here. Um, PFC, we've, we've been trying to tell them all along. Um, but a, one of the problems we run into, and again, it's not just our city council. It, I see this across our country. You know, you see people that say, well, I agree with you, but I'm not willing to do anything about it because I have too much to lose. Right. And, you know, look, I might be... I might be living in a fantasy world here, but I, I, I keep waiting for people to understand the value and the necessity of courage because there's just too little of it. You know, right. the, the people you're sitting here and yourself, I mean, I, I, it's not just us. You, you've been through this too. You stand up for something that you know is right and you become a target right. to people on the other side. And some of those people don't play fair. You know, they don't. And, you know, we've, we've all suffered. I won't go into the different things, uh, you know, whether it's financial or, or, you know, hits to our reputations or something like that. We, we've all been targeted because we've been willing to stand up and say, I don't care what happens. I need to speak the truth. And, you know, we may have similar reasons, different reasons. I've got two teenage kids that, uh, that are watching everything that I do right now. They know what's going on with PFC, but they're trying to get through school and they're doing their own lives right now and all that. But I guarantee you that, you know, 10 years from now, they're going to remember, yeah, you know, mom and dad were involved in trying to secure our rights and trying to turn our city around. And, and they were courageous because I'm at the point now and it's not it's not a macho thing. It's, it's really not. It's just there's nothing you can do to me that's going to make me stop talking about what's going on here. It's, right. These people are doing bad things to our city, and as we've talked about at PFC before, 
in the, in the case of Andrea Alarcon, yeah, we want her out of our city government because she's doing bad things to our to our city. But the other thing is, as Mike alluded to, she has aspirations of higher office, and we've already seen too many examples. You, you see somebody up in, in you know in the U.S. Congress or or you know vice president or whatever president, and you wonder how did this person get there? They're not a good person. They're not particularly smart. They certainly aren't you know doing this because they have the best interests of the citizens at heart. So how did they get there? Well, they started somewhere like. Palmdale City Council, mm-hmm. right? So if you recognize the, the characteristics of somebody who isn't doing it for the citizens, but rather because they have a desire for power and perks and money, you know, you got to cut them off at the knees. Right. And so if we can put a stop to her career, frankly, that's, you know, that's important to me. I want to stop her political career. Right. And, and so that's a big deal because... And so we're doing what we do, but we need the help from the people in the city government that, that agree with us. And there's more and more of them that, that do agree with us. They finally are realizing that everything we've said about her is true. And that she's not, you know, a positive benefit to the city. That she's actually, you know, just the opposite. But they've got to be willing to do something. Because if you don't have courage, you're not going to accomplish anything. Right, right, right. I feel like even that, even with... Um the other leadership, oftentimes you can show them things and like you said, you, can, you don't want to go, oh, I told you so, but it seems like even there, it doesn't, they're, they're not willing to do anything or step up until they felt a punch somehow mm-hmm. from that person. They, they, they felt, they themselves found, felt something negative. Right. Uh, before that, they're That's not going to be willing to do well. anything. Yeah. yeah and, and some of them that we talked to, whether it was in a recent meeting that the, the, the three of us had or, uh, or just other interactions with people at the city, you know, some of them, they, they say, well, we didn't really know all the things about her when, when she got elected. We had no idea. Well, my question to them would be, and it's not a fight that I want to spend much time on right now because we have other things that are more pressing. Right. But I, intellectually, I have to wonder, why didn't you know? Right. Well, you're city officials. This is your, your especially, realm. Yeah. Especially why is at that, it that level. Bunch of, yeah, why is it that a bunch of citizens who are just trying to live their lives, how come we knew and you didn't? Right, right. And they have more resources. They certainly do. They yeah. didn't even have to do the work themselves. They could have asked one of their staff to do it. Yeah. Well, I think I think that there again, there's an inherent problem in in uh, how we're running our country today um, that we learned through uh, our fight with uh, 1577, the ordinance, and that is is that we have abdicated our sovereignty as citizens. We've sat there and said uh, we used to use this this phrase all the time: "I pay my taxes, I pay my tithes." You guys do it, right. you know. You pastors go take care of it. You politicians take care of it. We're going to go to the barbecue, yeah. you know. And and that's not the way our country is founded. Our right. country is founded on the idea that you will have uh, uh, an informed electorate who understands what's going on and will come together and reason and talk and try and figure things out. And that's why um, certain parties, the government for sure, are trying to separate us out. Because when we do come together, as we've seen with PFC, uh, when we do come together, we're formidable. Right. You know, and when we when we have knowledge and we walk in and say, "Hey, this is what the law says. This is what we see," it it does change things. And sometimes it takes time. Um, I think that when we got the ordinance passed, that that in my opinion, politically and legally speaking, was lightning fast. Right. You know, it was five months or so. 
but it was five grueling months you know of uh, getting up at seven in the morning answering phone calls and being on the phone till 2 a.m um, talking with people and and doing the stuff that you have to do as a citizen to change things and I think people have to understand that we can't wait to the moment where they're getting ready to inject something into our bodies to stop it we have to get it way beforehand we have to do it like with what we're dealing with with an Andrea Alarcon she's not a demon or anything like that she's somebody who is about herself and about what she wants to do and and we're seeing that that that's the type of people that are running our country because we have allowed it right and we the people that's that's now one of the the slogans of our group uh, when we have a chant at the end of everything it's uh, keep up the good fight keep the faith we'll win what are we doing restoring we the people we got to get a hold of that man right. Right. we've got to get out of crisis response mode. Yes. Because I feel like that's what we're in. Oh all my goodness, time. all this is happening and we've got to stop it. But we do need to be that informed electorate and unfortunately mm-hmm. it is difficult now. There's so much information out there. There's so many different positions. You know, we talk about stopping people even at the city council level, but it happens even before then. Right. B- before they even step to city council, they've been on boards and committees, but that is really difficult. There's, I mean, there are so many different committees and boards within a city how do you find out oh the hospital board the water board you know but that's something that I think we were pretty successful with with PFC was you know going okay what do you know about the hospital board nominees what do you know about these different committees and we would come together and gather as much information as we could because yes we want to stop somebody from being in uh, on city council if they're not the right person, we want to elevate those that are right. But we also, if we can stop it even before then, at the board and committee level, I think that will help too. But it is difficult. We've got to come together to do that. We, we do, but the other thing is that, that we keep you know, espousing is that knowledge is, is critically yes. important. Yes. And part of that is, for example, we recently found out, you know, people see the things that Andrea Alarcon has been doing, and uh, there's another uh, individual that's on our Human Rights Advisory Committee. Um, which, you know, I won't go too much into that because it's just, it's ridiculous to me. But in any case, this you person... Mean, you mean the DEI committee? Yeah, that's what it really is. Yeah. But this individual, um, he basically libeled us by sending a letter to a group that he is the head of uh, that doesn't have to do with the city. It's a special interest group where he said that our, our group PFC was aligned with violent right-wing extremists. Now, it's patently false. He has absolutely no evidence whatsoever to, to even suggest <laughs> such a thing. The, the fact is we disagree with him politically, so he's trying to marginalize us. Now, we went to the city and said, you got to take this guy off this committee. This, you know, Elected or appointed, no city official should be making those kind of accusations against people right. like us, right, with, with no cause. Right. And that's when we found out that the reason that they didn't take him off is because there is no code of conduct for such such committees. Now, people don't ask your average citizen, do you think there's a code of conduct for Palmdale committees? They're going to look at you like you're from another planet. I've never even thought about it. Why would they think about that? But we have to think about that because, as Carol said, sometimes they start 
well, usually they start at something more, you know, smaller than council level, like a committee like this. The person I'm thinking of, I'm pretty sure he'd love to be on the city council as yeah. the next step. Mm. And why haven't they removed him for what he did? Because there's there's no nothing to cite as far as they know what he did was wrong. But there, there's no code of conduct that says, well, you violated this and, and this is the sanction that you get because of it. So now we, we're engaged, we talked to the mayor recently and said, look, you've got to have a code of conduct that actually has some teeth, that has repercussions for violating. It's the same reason they haven't done anything about Andrea Alarcon and all the things she's done wrong. Because they have something of a code of conduct right now, but there's no penalties for violating it. So it's toothless. And we didn't know that. I didn't know that. We know it now, so now we're trying to turn it around. It just it, It's one of those things, it's like... Um, we shouldn't have to wonder if there's code of conduct because it should automatically. That, that, that's like a, what I would call a no-brainer. It should be, you know. So when this gentleman um, uh, made these accusations, did he actually cite any groups that you know by name that you were these uh, what supremacists, white well, he, supremacists? Did he, he, he spoke specifically of the Palmdale Freedom Coalition. He listed. He, right. he used our name in the letter that he set out to his group. But the groups that you're, he says you're aligned with. Oh no. Like, no. You know, no, it's there's no. no mention of anything well, else. Just, just because it's a completely spurious accusation. It's what I've yeah. said before. It's a cudgel because they, people on the left, have realized that if you call somebody a racist, nine out of ten times those people will fall all over themselves right. trying to deny it. Right? One so, of the one of the last city council yeah. meetings. Because these special interest groups did not get the money that they were hoping for, and Palmdale Freedom Coalition obviously had a you know something to do with that. Almost every person that got up and spoke, it was just calling us racist. Right. No, it, they didn't dispute any of the facts that we were presenting for the city council. I mean, and directed literally at my family, <laughs> Palmdale Freedom Coalition, but also at the Rosses, at my family. We were. It was said that we would in another day we would be wearing white robes and hoods yeah. you know these are the kinds of things so I mean in a weird way you almost want them like hey just keep talking because it becomes so idiotic yeah. and yeah. nonsensical so. that you just go great go ahead just expose yourself because all I'm doing is sitting here trying to fight for the city and presenting you facts and you're getting up and just spewing all kinds of ridiculous accusations so and, and we've said to them we've said to the city council before it, you know, when our members get up to speak and said things like, before this evening is over, some of these groups are going to come up to the podium and they're going to call us racist because they don't have an actual argument to make. That's right. all they've got. And it's false. And and they're not even smart enough to say, okay, let's not, let's not do that tonight, right? Nope, they did exactly what they yeah. said. And I got to say, they have mentioned the Rosses by name, okay? And I'm feeling a little bit left out <laughs> because... <laughs> You know, I think I'm pretty visible, and I've yet to have anybody call me out personally. <laughs> I don't know why that is. I think they're more afraid of you than yes. they are of us. <laughs> You're more formidable. <laughs> uh, you know what? I think, again, the bottom line, Rich made a good point. We have to have courage, man. Yes. And we're not – you have to – the scripture that changed my life was when Christ was asked, what is the most important commandment? And he said, there's two. The first is to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Upon these hang the laws and the prophets. And the thing that struck me was love your neighbor uh, more as yourself. Not more than yourself, as yourself. And I think we don't do that. 
you know, we're, we're more concerned, and, and by neighbor, we mean everybody, right. not just the people that have the same skin tone as you, right. uh, not just the people that believe the same way you believe. In our group, in PFC, we have a myriad of beliefs, you know. Um, some people believe that there's a God, some don't, you know. It doesn't matter. The bottom line is, is that for us in PFC, is that it, we're all American citizens. Right. We start with the concept that we're a citizen of the United States of America and that we uh, are here in Palmdale and it's our duty as a citizen to do what's right for our city and to stand up for the things that are lawful. And if you think the law is wrong, then you need to change it. Right. As we did with, with creating an ordinance, fighting for that ordinance and getting it voted in unanimously, which I believe was a total act of God. Yeah. But the bottom line is, is that we want to encourage citizens to start standing up, man, and to stop worrying about what's, you know what, nothing's going to happen to you. We've been threatened. We've been told, called names. I know you've experienced yeah. that, oh, yeah, yeah. you know. And I just, I just don't cotton to it. I don't care, you know. Uh, I, first of all, I've got God on my side. Nothing's gonna bother. Nothing's gonna hurt me, you right. know, or my family. So, you know, we have to have this attitude of bring it on. Let's go. I'm not afraid of you. Right. You know, the Lord just uh, really. Uh, put on my mind not too long ago uh, and you know how many times have we read the story of David and Goliath you know uh, I mean you taught it from a little kid on up and uh, you know I'm reading it and it says that he sees Goliath and ran to him right right you know and I'm like I suddenly I got this image of this this you know because David was not a big guy right and I see him running toward this giant with five stones and yep. a slingshot, and he takes him on. And he takes him on because this guy's putting down his people and his God. Right. And that's where we have to get to. We mm -hmm. have to run to it now. Yep. If we don't, it's going to run over us. Yeah, David didn't worry about whether he's going to lose his job over it or not, right? I mean, <laughs> no. It, right. And, and again, I, I understand people have things to lose. I get it. We all have things to lose. Right. But if that's your mindset, you know, I keep telling people at PFC, to the extent that we have a democracy, you know, it's a representative republic, but to the extent that we use those terms in interchangeably, the cornerstone of a democracy is the idea, or at least the one here in the United States, is the idea that the citizens are sovereign. Mm -hmm. So if you don't participate in said democracy, what is the point of having a democracy? You, you in fact, don't have a democracy. If you've ceded all your power and, and all your ability to speak to some elected representative, I don't know how to tell you this, but you don't have a democracy. Right, right. And, and people don't seem to understand that, or they've lost sight of it, or whatever. Right. So, you know, there's all kinds of excuses for, you know, I'm too busy, the kids have soccer practice, and it's not that I'm trying to belittle any of the things that people are trying to do, but all of us sitting at this table, we have, well, we all have multiple jobs, really, mm -hmm. right? We all have families that require, and I'm a father, you guys are fathers, you know? Your kids require your time. Um, you, you, we're all married. Our spouse requires our time. Our churches require our time. Uh, I'm a head deacon at my church, so I, I spend a lot of time there, okay, doing things. So these excuses, like, you know, one of the city uh, staff was trying to make the other day to us about, well, you know, people, they're, they're busy. They got, I'm sorry, that didn't fly anymore. Right. That's I, a sign of the times. What does the Bible say in the end times? People will be lovers of money, lovers of themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly where what we we're are. seeing. We're seeing it's not love your neighbor as yourself. It's love yourself, love yourself, love yourself. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, and as far as loving your neighbor, you know, one of the things I wish that all these groups that come against us at the city council meetings, you know, politically I disagree with everything they have to say, right? right? And we make the arguments, fact-based arguments. But I wish they would understand that what we're fighting for is actually for their benefit as well. Right. They don't seem to understand that if things are done the way they want them to be done, it's a detriment to our entire society. It exactly. makes it harder for them to succeed. Right. And, and they don't seem to get it. Instead, they call us racist because that's a lot easier than getting educated right. and understanding right, right. what's really happening. Well, you know, I, I can tell you personally, I went to lunch with one of the leaders of uh, these particular groups and invite him to lunch because I want to have a man-to-man -man talk with him and just, just you know, get it out on the table, you know. And in the course of this talk, we we both came to the understanding that he actually he actually educated me on some things that I didn't know about that happened in the city uh, dealing with race, you know. Um, and I say this, you know, as a kid, I saw the signs that said whites only and blacks, you know, or color. Um, I. I I didn't ever experience it as far as like on the other side, but I saw the signs. I remember seeing the different bathrooms and stuff like that. So that was in our lifetime. So there's still some of that that uh, resentment, if you will. There's There's got to be that feeling. You know, I know I have had friends whose parents dealt with that. Okay, right. So that's in our life. That, that happened, right? But now we're dealing with when they're bringing up race and all this stuff, a lot of it has to do with the immigrants coming over from the south, from the southern border, and um, and and he asked me about that, and I said, well, I'm against it. I, I think it's wrong, probably not for the reasons that you think. The the problems that I have with it is it's putting the power into the hands of the cartels and bad people. And yes, right. there are bad people out there. There's a thing called a rape tree, that they, and they they put the women on birth control. You know, so that, in, and they say that the young women will be raped at least six to eight times in their trip coming over here. That is unacceptable. Right. You know, right. now under the previous administration, that wasn't happening because there was no journey for them to make. Right. So that couldn't happen. So now they would come into our country on a more legal level where there's protections under that. Right. And I'm explaining that to him. I said, so I'm against that. We have to fix our immigration. We all know that there's issues with it, but the answer isn't creating opportunity to put money into people who are going to devastate the lives of other people trying right. to have a better life. It's counterproductive. Yeah. And so he said, oh, I, I, I see that. And that's the very guy that stood up and called us racist at the next meeting because he, he and this guy sits on the Committee of uh, Human, Human Rights. rights. And you're like, what the heck? You know, right. and they don't even talk about that. By the way, I think it's a ridiculous thing that we even have that in our city. Um, but anyway, my point to all that is, is that we, we don't, we don't think logically anymore, and we because it's about how we feel about it or how we think. You know, what we think is right, and then there's the, that coming together as people who, well. Where this group, that group stands in opposition, so we're just going to fight them tooth and nail. And Rich, Rich said this too that they don't fight fair. Right. No. Um, and you know what? We we fight fair. We we bring the law. We bring logic. Uh, we bring research. We everything that we do. We we always have two or three different. Uh, pieces of information that will corroborate it, right? We don't just walk in and say, here it is. And that's what they do. 
Right. And we try to provide alternative options for dealing with whatever the problem yeah. is, too. We don't always have that at hand, but we make a sincere effort, and a lot of times we have options. You know, recently, one of, when those groups were trying to get funding um, for their special interest groups, uh, one of our members got up to the podium and, and said, you know, we believe this is illegal to give the public monies from, you know, tax-based monies. Um, but if you people really want to get funded, here are several options. And all it took was a couple of minutes online to find other state and federal grants that they could have, you know, availed themselves of. Did they bother to, to take note of what he said? No, they didn't bother to take note of it. And the other thing is, it, what Mike was speaking to, you know, when the, the whole racist thing, um, you know, the people, and it's lazy thinking, like I said, they, there's a lack of critical thought. When people say, you're against Alarcon because she's Latina, you're against us getting money because we're Latina, um, does it ever occur to them that there might be other reasons? Because all of the reasons that we have, of, of all of those reasons, none of them are ethnicity. Right. Not one. The southern border that you just alluded to, I heard something the other day that uh, on, on some news report I was listening to that said, in 2020, from 2022 to 2023, the number of Chinese nationals apprehended at our southern border who were trying to cross illegally, it, it increased 113% in one year. Now, that's not anti-Latino. These are people from China, and some of them, I, I believe me, people in China have every reason to want to seek a better life, right? Right, right? And I don't know how many of them were just doing that, okay? But that's the problem. We don't know. Right. How many of them are operatives coming over here to cause problems? Right. And, and with all the, the, you know, the Wuhan lab and the, and the coronavirus, you know, stuff that we've just been going through, how do we know some of these people aren't agents of the Chinese government, the, the Communist Party? We just don't know. And it's, it, it's ridiculous to assume that we don't want people coming here illegally because we're against Latinos. I would say the same thing if you were from England or Finland or Denmark or, or any place. Right. We have a right to have, you know, scrutiny as far as who comes into this country. I remember, in, in, in that mindset, it's the same kind of thing. I remember being stopped on the street once by a gentleman who was trying to get me to sign a petition, and it was, um, oh, it was to, it was before gay marriage was legalized here. I have gay friends. I, I think of them the same way I think about anybody else. You're either decent or, or indecent, right? That's that's my dividing line right there. I don't care what you do in your bedroom. It's not my business. But this person said. I'd like you to sign this petition to help us get, you know, legalized gay marriage. And I said, well, I, I'm, I don't want that. And he immediately said that I was a homophobe. <laughs> and, then, and I said, now why would you say that? He goes, well, because you don't want to support us. And I said, I'll tell you why I don't want to support you. Now, understand what I'm about to say next, and, and you guys probably all know this. I know Mike and Carol do by now. Sometimes I will say something a particular way to get someone's attention. Right. Right. I said to him, I'm not going to sign because gay people are stupid. Of course, that, that, that stood him up straight and said, what? Here's what I mean by that. You want rights of survivorship? I'm right there with you. You want rights of inheritance? Absolutely. You want to have a civil union of some sort that says you two are, are legally you know, combined as one? Fine. I, I grant you that. The reason I don't want to call marriage between a man and a man or a woman and a woman the same as traditional marriage is because I don't want to be a part of a society that doesn't understand the unique and important contributions of a man and a woman to a family unit. Right. That's it. It's not because I hate gay people. It's not because I think they're less than me. It's none of those things. But it doesn't occur to these folks because they become zealots for their cause yeah. and it stops them from thinking rationally. Right. Right. And when I said this to this person, to his credit, he stopped and he said, wow, I've never 
never heard that that response before. No one's, I've never heard anybody make that case. And I said, and this is why I said you're stupid, because I will agree with you on nine out of ten things. I'm your ally. You could use me. I'd stand shoulder to shoulder with you, except for this one thing. And because I don't agree with you on this one thing, you're going to call me a homophobe and dismiss me as useless. Right. That's stupid. Yeah. And can, and can we mention the, how many is it, 85,000 children that are missing that have crossed the border? No. As well? We can't, no. Yeah. we can't mention that. Yeah. So, you know, when you're talking to these groups and saying, okay, yeah, the, the rape trees, that's horrible. Uh, how about the people sometimes that are found dead coming across the border as well, being trying to be smuggled in and then they find them dead in uh, some of these caravans. But what about the 85,000 missing children? Does that not concern you at all? Right. Plausible exactly. deniability. Like I said, they, they, they turn their faces away from the, the things that they don't want to be aware of because it hurts the narrative that they're trying to you know, push forward. Right, right. And uh, also mixing into that group, terrorists from the Middle East yep. yes. who can blend in because skin tone, hair color, eye color, and they blend in. And some of them are getting popped at the border, too. Sure, so. lots of them. And what about people who have diseases that were heretofore eradicated in this country, and now they're bringing them from some other countries that they haven't been eradicated, and now we're having to fight that, that you right. know, fight as well. Uh, the, to me, the whole argument is ridiculous because there's a reason why... I don't know, maybe you guys know, but I don't know of any homes, apartments, businesses that don't have locks on their door and just leave their doors wide open at night or even during the day. I mean, uh, I see homes here that are going up with fences, even gated even gated, and maybe not full barbed wire, but spikes and everything like that to, to make a clear delineation of if you're not invited in, you're not welcome in. Yeah. So why is that okay on a personal level or a family level, but a lot of people just can't get that concept that the United States of America, this is our home. And yes. just like I keep my doors locked at night, so only people that enter that I want in can come in, the same thing with our country. Yep. It's not that we want to necessarily keep people out. We just want to be able to scrutinize who comes in and who goes out. That was a, a total farce during the whole uh, COVID escapade. Yeah. I mean, we were we were having our citizens, uh, you know, vaccines and everything mandated upon them, and yet you had all these people crossing the border that, like you said, we have no idea what they were coming in with. They weren't being right. forced right. to do any of these things. Right. That's that that it doesn't make any sense, and that I can't wrap my head around how people well, don't see that. I think that, I think that there is something that does make sense of it, and that is really what the fight is today. Yeah. Right. The fight is you have people that believe America is its home, and then you have people that believe that the world, in todo, is their pearl and their yeah. home, right? right? So those people want us not to have our home. It's that simple. Right. They're, they believe that we should be a part of the communal experience of the world. Um, and, and doesn't that start at the local level with regionalism, yes. which is what we're fighting? Yes, right. we're fighting regionalism. We don't want that we, because, uh, as we've explained, when you have two cities uh, that are representing 300,000 people, 160, 160, okay, that's 320,000. <laughs> but, okay, so you have those two. But for that 160,000 people, they have five 
people who represent them. The other 160,000 people have five people that represent them. Well, you put that together, now you got five people representing 300,000 people. So your power as a citizen is diluted. Well, we now have somebody sitting in the White House, and I refuse to call him the president because he does not have our country's best interests in mind. So true. I don't care about the election part. I do care. But I think the election thing is one thing. But now you've got this guy in office who doesn't give a rat's patootie about any American except for his son because his son's going to cause him to become uh, a criminal. Uh, so he already is. But my point to all that is, is that there's this globalism that is affecting us really badly in our country. And so, and that's being brought in by the progressive left. So the progressive left now are going to these, what, I, what we term uh, special interest groups, and leveraging them to cause division among us so we're not a home. You know, you go into somebody's home, and immediately you see these people aren't together, they're fighting. Right. There, there's no power in that home. But when you walk into a home and the mom and dad are in sync, the kids are all, you know, happy, and right. you, you get a sense, man, there's some power here. There's something happening, mm -hmm. right? Well, they're destroying our home. Yeah. And the way they're doing that is they're causing division among us, and they're using race, they're using class, they're using money, uh, they're using drugs, all the above. You know, um, one of the things that, that uh, there's that rules for radicals, and one of the things is to, uh, by Solinsky, um, the idea is to separate the people from the law enforcement. They're doing that. Right. The other thing, too, is that you brought up earlier is to have the church focus on social issues more than their God. Right. And that we're seeing absolutely. Mm -hmm. You don't think COVID created a problem for the churches that they now have to deal with this social issue? Mm -hmm. They had to decide between following God and following the government. Right. And that, that right in and of itself causes that division and ripped holes in churches. Churches failed. Businesses failed. Right. You know, that was by plan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and we, we, I think it backfired, though, because I think people like us and, and groups like PFC, I don't think that they counted on that. No, I, I think they way underestimated the yeah. number of people that would figure it out. You know, we jokingly say, or I jokingly say sometimes that the new definition for conspiracy theorist is someone who figured it out before everybody else did. Right. Um, but it's because everything that they kept saying, you know, we'd make an argument and say, oh, that's a conspiracy theory. And then, you know, six, seven months go by and you suddenly feel like, or you realize that, oh, it's exactly what you said it was. Mike was talking about this idea of regionalism and it's just a smaller, you know, part of globalism, right? right. Um, and, and our city council has been telling us for two years, oh, that's not what we're doing. We're not interested in that. And one of the other problems with it, as I understand it, is that if you have a region rather, you know, they turned Palmdale and Lancaster into one region, you're not going to have two seats of power anymore. You're going to have one. So not only does the citizens' power get diluted by half, but the seat of power is going to be in Lancaster, at least that's the people that, that want this, that's where it would be. Right. And the farther you are from the seat of power, the less influence you have. Right. And they kept saying, no, you're imagining that. It's not true. It's not true. Well, when they passed the budget a few weeks ago, there was a, 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 a the screen in the, in the chambers, they put up all these, this information that the people putting the budget together had produced. And there's one called Palmdale's Best Goals, and I'm looking at it on my phone right now. And one of, the, one of the bullet points reads, and I quote, One Valley, One Vision, Regional Thinking and Cooperation. 
that's written into the Palmdale right. budget. So they're, but they're yet we're not supposed to believe that they're interested in regionalism. I, I, so I, they're trying to condition to people yeah. to accept it. Of course they are. Yeah. Because they, it's the same thing like when you hear people say things like, uh, well, um, you're, not a, you're not a shareholder in some company, but because that company you know, is where you live in your neighborhood, you're a, you're a stakeholder. Right. Right? Because it affects you. And that, uh, I, I don't like that because that's how they manip manipulate the language. That, firm, that term itself is from Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum, yeah. which is behind a lot of this globalist nonsense, right? Which is going to take our identity as Americans away from us. Think about that for a minute, folks. Right. I don't know about the rest of the, the people here, but well, I mean, I know the people at this table. <laughs> I've always been proud of the idea that, you know, Americans are supposed to be rugged individualists, right? Don't tread on me. All these things, right? And by the way, that's basically what PFC is about. Right. <laughs> Don't tread on us. It's right. not going to work, right? But this global thinking, it's going to dilute and eventually get rid of, of our identity as Americans. Uh, I'm supposed to respect, and I do, other cultures that come here. Oh, I, there are people in my neighborhood who fly a Mexican flag outside their front their front door. Honestly, I, that offends me. Right. All right. Because I think I, I, if you want to play the Amer put the uh, Mexican flag and American flag above it, that's fine. In Glendale, once a year, to commemorate the Armenian genocide, you got people all over Glendale driving around it with their cars draped with the Armenian flag. The Armenian flag. Look, I get it. You're proud of where you came from. That's fine. I'm not saying you shouldn't be. But if you're allowed to be proud of your heritage, right. why is it that I'm supposed to be okay with mine being dismantled? Right. right. I'm not good with that. Yeah. But that's exactly what globalism would do. And we, 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 I totally agree with you. It's if if we tried that anywhere else, if I moved to Mexico, I moved to China, I moved anywhere else in the world and tried to fly the American flag only and and even higher than yeah. whatever nation I'm in. Uh, they would be completely offended at that. Sure. And rightfully so. And they would have something to say about it. But here in the United States of America, we are being told to be ashamed yep. of our flag and what it represents and our yep. heritage and allow everybody else to fly their flags without the American flag around. And that does, it bothers me because it's, you know, then why are you here? And it, it gets me because uh, I had this conversation with somebody here. I said, why are you, because we had the same basic conversation. And um, I asked him, why are you here then? Because we didn't have the opportunity in our country. <laughs> oh, because so, we, I just came out and told him, I said, so America's better. No, America's not better. My home, then why are you here? We're here for opportunity. Oh, so you didn't have opportunity in your country like we have here. Well, that makes America better. <laughs> and of course, the whole racist thing comes up. Now you're being racist as, oh, I'm being racist about a country that's full of different races working together. We're called the great melting pot. See, a lot of people don't even know these things. No. And they, it's like they can't connect the dots. It's, well, it's how not much sense does it make for somebody to flee one country because of a lack of opportunities or they didn't like the political climate or right. you know, whatever it was, the cartels, and then they come here and immediately set about trying to make here just like where they came from. Exactly. So right. you know what's funny Thank about you. that? What's funny about that is now Texas and other states that Californians are fleeing from right. are seeing the same thing that uh, I have friends in Texas and they're like, 
you Californians are coming here and trying to make Texas California. Yeah. Why did they? Why? Yeah. Why did you leave? Right. And it's the same thought. Right. You know that 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 leads and points to the inherent self-centeredness of people. Right. You know, I don't like it here. I'm going to move over there. I'm going to take all my junk there. Right. And I'm going to create the same environment here that I had there that I didn't like. And then blame it on everyone and then, else. And, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, and move again. And again, a lack of critical thinking yeah. because if you yeah. were thinking critically, you would understand the folly in that sort of an action. You know, right. Somehow this is following me everywhere I go. Yeah. Do I need to look at me? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that funny? Uh, it's just such a human condition, and that's something that we... I hope that people, when they, and I, I think that they do, when we were doing PFC, uh, when we first started, you know, that was a very emotional time. And it was so emotional. It was so charged. Um, I, I, I don't think I've cried more in my life because of all the stuff that we saw and that we were dealing with people on a daily basis, right, you know? Right. And then we would come here on our weekly meeting, and we'd see people just freaked out and in pain and scared and all, right. you know, all these things. And I, I just kept, I kept thinking, it's not about us as the leaders. It's about these people. We have to fight for them. Yeah. And yeah. it doesn't matter where they come from. You know, it doesn't matter their background. What matters is, is that they're a citizen of the United States. Right. They're a human being. Yeah. And what's being foisted upon them at this time mm -hmm. is not right. Right. And so we're willing as leaders, as people in the community, to, well, you know, by the way, we were not leaders when we started it. Right. We became leaders because we stood up and said no. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I, I, I wish more people would do that. Now I get it. You know, we all have to find our place. You know, that's why we have committees because right. then you have all these people who are stepping up into leadership. We have a, a, a membership of leaders. Right. Leaders not just in PFC, but leaders now in the community. Right, right. You know, getting up and saying stuff. Mark Napolitano getting up and arguing the fact that this city was not built upon the back of immigrants, it was actually built upon the back of aerospace. Right, right. And getting up and saying that to the city council, and the city council, we heard uh, afterward, they reported back and said, you know, that changed our thinking. Yeah. That made the city council go, wait a second, right. that's true. Because they're being told constantly, it's one, 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 and you have somebody walk in and go, no, actually, it's two. Yeah. And, and you have to stop and go, wait a second. Well, if we all did that, if we all stood up and said, no, you know what, and we are going to be who we're supposed to be in our communities, it will change everything. And, and there's one other word that I think is really important that we all have to grab a hold of. And this is an archaic word to a lot of people, but to me, think about it for a second. We have to learn to repent. Yeah. And what I mean by repentance, I'm not going to use the biblical term. I'm going to use the social term of that. We have to learn that when we're wrong, to say, you know what, I was wrong about that, and now I'm going to go to the right. I'm right. going to do the right thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, we have to learn to do that. We need to stop digging in our heels and going, oh, no matter what, even when you know you're wrong. Right. Like telling this guy and arguing about the fact that there's these rape trees and these things are happening. Right. Why can't you admit that? Why can't you right. say, go, it's wrong? I think that's a character issue again. Yeah. You know, I, I, I tell, well, I've taught my kids and I tell other people if the conversation comes up, you know, if I'm wrong, I, I wanted it to be spelled out to me. And, and if that's the case, if somebody makes a compelling argument, 
I can't wait to say, you know what, I was wrong about that because I don't think about, like, you know, I think too many people, if, if they're shown to be wrong about something, they're embarrassed, they're humiliated, and they'll just dig in, like Mike says, and they won't acknowledge it. I think if you say honestly, yeah, you know what, I, I hadn't thought about it that way, I, I'm going to have to rethink this, or yeah, you're right, I got that thing wrong. To me, that's an opportunity to, to gain credibility with people. Because, you know, if, if people know that you'll admit when you're wrong, and then you have an issue come up and you say, no, I'm certain about this, they're likely to go, you know what, this guy, he, he admits when he's wrong. And the right. fact that he's not doing that now must mean he knows something that I don't know. Right. It's, a, it's an opportunity to gain credibility. Right. And the other thing, you're talking about how we have to stand up and there are people that they don't see it as their place to do that. You know, my wife has been helping me a lot with PFC, um, just taking notes at meetings. She's kind of been an unofficial secretary. And then in the great tradition of, of Native American uh, households, I'm standing out front as the leader and I'm making decisions. And then I go home and I ask my wife, what do you think about this? Yeah. Right? Because she's not stupid. She's a very smart right. woman. And um, she lets me know what she thinks about pretty much everything. Right? Um, and, and it's a good, it's a good uh, synergy. But... So her place isn't out front. She's not comfortable with that, and I get it. Not everybody's comfortable being out front, but I do think that we need to get more citizens not only to stand up, we need that to get them to understand you have to be a warrior. Yeah. In some way, you have to join the fight. You have to right. be a warrior because if you don't, what you know as freedoms, the what you've grown up with, is going to be gone. How many of us when we were kids, I don't have to do that. It's a free country. We just kind of threw that phrase around like it was nothing, right? right? Well, it's not going to be a free country if we don't stand up and, and protect it. Right. So, yeah, I think we need to make warriors out of citizens. we got to instill that warrior mentality. And it's what our founding you know, fathers and, and the people, you know, the patriots that lived during the revolution, this is what they did. Right. It's right. not like it's, it's you know, never happened before. We can right. do this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and even back at that time, I'm sure so many of them started the fight uh, with some apprehension because they had farms, they had sure. businesses, they had families, they had lives, and the literally the fight was going to be in their backyard. Yep. Yes. And yep. they still overcame their fears and their apprehension, took arms, and did what needed to be done. Well, they recognized what was at stake. Right. And that, that's the part I think too many of our citizens today don't recognize. And some of them, they, they're just completely clueless for whatever reason. Some of them are willfully ignorant. You show right. them the facts and they just turn away and won't look. Right. It's, right. it's too unpalatable for them. Right. But, you know, the time comes when it, it, it really hits the fan, they're going to be knocking on our doors and asking for protection. And I'm going to ask them, well, where were you when we could right. have done something about this? <laughs> right. I think everybody needs to go watch that movie again, The Patriot. We just, just watched that. We, we, oh, yeah. we watched it two weeks ago. Fourth of July. Right. Yeah. Just to put that fresh in our minds and our memories of the, we're back in a revolution. Yeah. Right now it's a it's a war of words, and I hope it could stay there and we win. But we're still in a very real way. This oh, is our revolution. You know, I would say I would say it's it's gone past a war of words. <laughs> um, it's a war of action too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean we. Uh, we were at a meeting not too long ago, uh, a couple months ago, and we were telling this group of, um, what was it, the uh, Victor Valley Republican Club, um, and we were sharing the story of, of Palmdale Freedom Coalition, and there was this one guy just sitting there all kind of stoic watching us, and, and uh, at the end he stood up and he goes, you guys are revolutionaries. You are like the forefathers. You're fighting the same fight. 
and this the, the guy who ran it said that guy never says anything and to me that was a we love that because he was activated you can yeah. tell he was on fire all of a sudden he saw a spirit when we first started meeting here when it was butler's now generations coffee um when we first started meeting here, I remember my son saying to me, I feel like we're back in the day when they met in the taverns and the pubs, and right. they and we are there. Right. And you know what? That's what gives me great hope about our country. As yeah. I remember nights when there were there was not enough room in the pub, yeah. you know? People were outside, and they right. had to open the doors, and it was so hot, and the, the air conditioning couldn't keep up, you right. know? That was wonderful to see people coming in, yeah. you know? My concern now is is that that fight didn't stop when the when, when the suddenly the authorities passed. yeah when the ordinance got passed and when the authorities said uh, you know we're done it's not going to happen anymore that was the beginning of the fight yeah. man. right they're they're already they well it's already planned the next yeah. pandemic and the next shutdown oh, yeah, yeah. and all that thing I I've I've shared this with a with a pastor once and I said you know I believe things happen in the spiritual and then they manifest into the physical mm-hmm. and so during COVID you have all these masked people you know and it that didn't make any sense right if you really look at the real science but I said, you know what, that's just a telltale sign of where we've been for a long time. We have been silenced. We have been masked, muzzled. You know, that's the the whole thing with a lot of the churches. And, well, I don't want to, you know, lose my 501c3 status, so I'm not going to speak out. Okay, well, you are muzzled. You know, maybe you didn't see it, but when COVID finally hit, now it has manifested. It's like we've got to rip off those muzzles, right? You know, and be willing to speak up. And it doesn't. It, whatever's, Rich, you keep saying this. Whatever, whatever the loss is, it is not going to be as great as the loss of freedom, yeah. which will take away all those things you're trying to protect. We yeah. we would share that with um, some of the city staff that would send emails and, and phone calls to us when we're trying to fight some of these issues in the city. Well, I can't because I need to protect my job and I need to protect my retirement. And I, and I go, you know what? You don't understand that if you don't stand up for this, you're losing that anyways. You may hang on yeah. to it for you know an extra couple of months, maybe a year, but eventually you're losing that anyway. And you're losing it in a disgraced state, the way I look at it. I agree. If you had stood up and lost it, at least you are trying to right. fight. Right, right. You yeah. know, and possibly save it for somebody else. You're you're allowing it to go further and further and further and affect more people and ultimately you know what I don't mean to sound sound this way, but you hear a lot of times, you know, people refer to when people just go along with things because they're so afraid of losing something up front. It's like, you know what, a lot of those people and I'm not pointing to anyone in particular, but a lot of those people, you go, you're a useful idiot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, it's what it's what Mike was alluding to earlier that their people are they're too self-centered right now. Yeah. You know, we enjoy the freedoms that we have, you know, throughout our lifetimes, because largely because of people who never met us, right? right? And I know people sound oh, it sounds corny. Oh, that's you know that's an old-fashioned way of thinking. Uh, I'm not going to apologize. It means something to me that people that fought for our freedoms, be- who never knew me, who died right. long before I was ever born, right. yeah. that they did that knowing they were preserving something for generations to come. And how is it that we look at our situation now and don't understand we have that same obligation to future generations? Right. We do. Okay. Right. Somebody recently at my church who agrees with everything we're doing, but you know, for whatever reasons, they're not willing to stand up yet and all this kind of stuff. You know, they said. I, what's going on? What's happening lately? And I kind of keep them up to speed. And at one point, a comment was made and said, "Well, it doesn't sound like you're trying to keep them 
honest, it sounds like you're trying to take over the city council. And I said, yeah, you're right. <laughs> because, because they're not the, honest. It's the people's <laughs> council. It belongs to it's us. It's our yes. business that they're doing. Right. You're right. We are trying to take it, The state constitution would keep pounding this home. It says we have the right to, to um, not, not ask, not, not request, right? We're supposed to inform, we're supposed to tell them what it is that we do. Right. Instruct is the actual word yeah. that's used. So yeah, we are supposed to be in charge. Yeah, I am trying to get the citizens, we the people, back in charge of the city council and, and the, the supervisors and, and the state legislature and the presidency, frankly, if that fool right. ever listened to anybody. How many of you are tired of being told the American people think this and you go, oh my God. That's not what I think. I'm an American person. That? I never yeah. thought that in my yeah. life. You know, can I, can I just say one last thing on this? Uh, I know we got to wrap up, but uh, I heard a statement the other day and it really struck me. And it was something that Rich mentions oftentimes in our meetings. And it is this um, we have to stop bowing our knee to the authority and we have to start bowing our knee to the facts and the science. Mm -hmm. Right, and this guy was talking about um, he was it was a debate, and one one of the persons said, "Well, it's a fact scientifically, blah blah blah," and the guy said, "No, that's not. Okay. That's the CDC said that. Right, right. That's not. They're an authority, and no. you're 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 stating something that has come from the authority." And 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 this quote unquote, this guy says to the person, "May I remind you that four out of five doctors said that you should uh, smoke." lucky strike because it's better for you you know and 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 rich said something once and i i hadn't thought about this about the whole um trans thing that's going on and he goes there's no such thing it can't happen and you know the truth of that the science of you can't change your chromosomes man they are what they are you can change your outer look but it's all right. cosmetic right. you're not going to change yep. primarily what your what your structure is yep. right um, that's the facts, Jack, as they right. say. You're never going to change that. And when you start hearing the, the facts, we have, to, we have to take those facts and the science, the true science. Do you know that when, um, when have you ever heard of the Great Barrington Declaration? Yep. Over a million, a million um, healthcare workers, doctors, uh, signed this declaration saying that we were handling uh, the whole COVID thing wrong. Right. A million of them, and that never really got out. You can you can pull it up on the internet. Wow. It's on our website. It's on the PFC website. And what is it called again? The, the Great Cre Barrington Declaration. Go to go to uh, PalmdaleFreedomCoalition.com and look it up. There's all kinds of materials on there that you'll go what? Right. Uh, and it's a fact, right? But but I would I would then move that into politics as well. Just because the the you know the acting president or a you know somebody says something, they could be wrong. Right. I remember, and not to knock on uh, on uh, Mr. Garcia, I think he's a great guy, Mike Garcia, but he was wrong when he voted for the, the what was it, the Defensive Marriage Act. Right. Right. Um, right. When he said you can't fight, you can't fight Congress, you can't change, or you can't change. No, you can't fight the uh, Supreme Court. And you can't change that law. And we're like, what? Right. What, 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 all you got to do is look at the reality. There's these things right. called amendments, man. Yeah. And those things change law, you right, know? Right. And that's the point. And, and so in one fell swoop, and people are like, yes, uh, I understand that, Mike. He was flat out wrong. Right. 
because we, we called him on it. We did. We, we called him on we're it. We're like, well, no, you can change well, the law. You can fight. Yeah. You know. And, and he had said that he was he, he was going along with that because it was um, it was a Democratic Party uh, assault, basically right. forcing him to vote one way or another, which would either alienate him from the Christian right that supports him, or alienate him from the LGBTQ you know, faction, whatever, independence or something. And he said, well, because it's already constitutional, I have to support the Constitution. And that was the basis that he used to defend that That's decision right. to us. At which point we basically said, well, isn't it also a constitutional premise that states' rights went out, right? Mm -hmm. So if you go to Kentucky and you're, you know, in a gay marriage that was sanctioned in California where it's been, you know, voted on and it's passed, you go to some state where it isn't, right. that what he signed said now those states have to recognize that, that union, right? right? But isn't that a violation of states' rights to force them to do so? And, you know, again, I, went, I like Mike Garcia a lot. I think he's doing really wonderful things for our, our district, you know, our congressional district. I will vote for him again the next time he runs. I want to make that very clear. But I think he was wrong on that. And so, that's my point. My yeah. point is, is that just because he's in an authoritative position mm -hmm. and you like him, you know, right. he is a good guy. Yeah. Uh, I'll vote for him, too. Um, well, I'm going to say that because I don't know who else is running yet. Yeah. We'll see. But, <laughs> I, I mean, Hill. I take that, yeah, I take so, that seriously. <laughs> this but my, my, my point is, is that just because he got up and said it doesn't make it true. Right. And right. we've got to not bend our knee to the authoritative spirit or the authoritative. We've got to say, well, wait a second. Even, even if you like the guy. Even yeah. if you like him, it doesn't matter. Even if you agree 99% of the time. Ronald Reagan appointed Factual. Sandra Day O'Connor. Yeah. We need to you know all do some of our own fact checking. We hear yep. that all the time. Yes. Fact checkers, fact research. checkers. Why is it that, yes, the left has all these fact checkers? Why are we not fact checking, fact checking for ourselves? There is a responsibility, and that's one thing that comes along with what we call freedom, our liberty. Liberty is that freedom, but there's also the responsibility, and we got to grab a hold of that. There is a responsibility here, too. Can, can I just clarify one little thing before I, I know I know I have to be moving on here, but um, Mike alluded to something that I have said repeatedly about the trans community. Um, and, and, and I did say, because I'm a former scientist of 30 years working in a, an immunology lab, I did say that in the history of human beings, there's never been a single one that's ever changed their sex. Right. Okay. And the idea that sex and gender are different, I'm 61 years old, that's a concept that's only arrived in the last couple of years. Yeah. For right. the entirety of my life before that, sex and gender were used interchangeably. Right. So they say, well, gender's different. It's what you identify. Okay, tell me where when that happened and, and who authorized that change because that was never the case before. But they say these things as if it's empirical fact right. and we're all supposed to just assume it's true. Right. Not so, okay? So what I said was there's never been a human being that's changed their sex, okay? Because you can't change your chromosomal alignment. Right. But I also said it shouldn't be confused or, or misstated. I think anybody who has gender dysmorphic disorder, disorder which is what it is, I don't think they should be persecuted or prosecuted. I think they should be treated with the same dignity as any other human yeah. being until and unless they give you reason not to treat them that way. Right. They, like I, am a child of God. I made all of those statements and still people lose their minds, yeah. right? Because they haven't been <laughs> they taught do. to think for themselves. But the thing they, they can't say, when, and, and we were at a school board meeting where there was a bunch of Antifa people and the alphabet people and the whole bit. And I said to them, show me, give me one solitary example of a single human being who's ever changed their sex. 
and it went silent because there isn't one right. and they exactly. know it but and they're they never it. confronted with the facts and when they are they don't know what to do they lose right. their minds they lose their Later that night, this very coffee shop where we hold our meetings for PFC was vandalized. Right. Later that night, my Instagram account was hacked and I lost 14,000 followers because I dared to say something truthful right. that hurt their feelings. And I would simply ask this, if the truth upsets you that much, don't you see there might be a problem there? Mm -hmm. And it's your problem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it doesn't, you don't have to fight alone. That's the thing that we learned. Mm. Um, and I would say this just to kind of cap it off with PFC is... Uh, one of the things is coming together. You know, we go out, we get all this information, we watch the news, we read, we do all this, and we come together on Wednesday nights and we discuss it and we learn. And, and that is true enlightenment, by the way. When everybody gets together and you have all these different thoughts and people and experiences coming together and saying, okay, this was said or this was done, what do we know? You know, every election now we come together and there's usually 60, 70 people in here. And out of that 60 or 70 people, we all know somebody connected to whoever's on the ballot. Right. So this person over here said, oh, I know that guy. Yulga Vargas knows everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and and he, he's known them for 20 years at right. least, right? And he'll say, oh, I know him. He's a good guy. Or I know him. Watch out. You know? And you start making notes. And it's not just a matter of it's his opinion. You'll have two or three people go, oh, yeah, that's true. Even the judges, I've always had issues with trying to find information on the judges. Mm. Everybody here knows somebody. It's that six degree of separation fact right. that works. So when we all come together, one, it's not boring. You find you have family and you learn. Right. And, and hopefully that will get us all moving to where we can get our home back in order and have our home again. Right. Yeah, and yeah. then we can pay more attention to our home. I feel like we've yeah. been so, yes, we've been so focused been inward for so long that everything's just gotten chaotic. And so right now it does seem like there's a lot of heavy lifting. But yep. that's only going to be for a period of time. Mm -hmm. And we have to realize you're not saying this is it forever, but we do need to get things in order again so right. that maybe we can breathe a little easier and, and spend a little bit more free time. And there is absolutely a power shift happening right now. We see it. From our viewpoint, from our vantage point in dealing with what we're dealing with, we are seeing that shift starting to happen. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, just for time's sake, I don't want to really cut this off because this is a great conversation. But for time's sake, we're going to wrap this up. So any final comments? One thing. If you're tired of being told what to do and if you're tired of disagreeing with politicians and yelling at the news from your couch, <laughs> come get involved, okay? Yes. And if your worry is that, well, if I stand up and speak out, I might be, I might be doxxed, I might, whatever that even is, I might be um, deplatformed or I'll be a target. We've been doing this for a while, we're still standing. Yeah. I, me personally, yeah. it, it only emboldens me. Right. You want to take a shot? Go ahead. Right. We're stronger. And here's the thing. The more people stand up, the more targets there are, the harder it is for them to hit Amen. any of us. Yeah, that's true. Right. If there's one person standing, that's pretty easy. Yeah. But we got a whole bunch of people, and they're smart people. Right. You know, we're the bulk of the leadership here. There's some couple of other people involved that I would consider leadership too. But, but it's not just us. We right. have a lot of very smart people in PFC. Yeah. And that's why we've been so successful because those smart people come together and as Mike said, we share information and we go and make, when it's time to go to battle at City Hall or at a school board meeting, we are prepared. Right. Stand up, you're not alone. Can I encourage everybody to go watch the movie Bugs Life? I know we've brought that up before. <laughs> 
But at the end, what happens? All of the ants hook arms, and right. suddenly there's so many more of them than the grasshoppers that they're all afraid of. So, yes. And we're, the grasshoppers know it. They and even they say, know it. That's they say, right. what happens if they all come together? Right. You know? Right. That, that's a good point. It might, it might seem silly, ladies and yeah. gentlemen, but go watch Bugs Life and really pay attention to the overall message yeah, the in that right. cartoon. Yeah. yeah. Which you won't see another Bugs Life, by the way. Have you noticed that? Right. Yeah. I, I that think so. That whole thought process of coming together. They, they don't, don't want to encourage those, that. Yeah, they yeah. don't make yeah. those movies anymore. They snuck that in somehow, yeah. and they realized later, oh, uh, maybe Oops. we shouldn't have done that. We actually taught people how to get things done. Well, I yeah. think they did it originally. My premise is we want everybody to come together to our narrative. Yeah. But, you know, we can still come together against their narrative. Yeah. 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 It, it, it's kind of funny. So go watch Patriot and Bugs Life. Yeah. <laughs> Make a day of it. Bring your kids into it. Invite your aunties and uncles yeah. and grandmas and grandpas, neighborhood kids. Have a party and, and watch Bugs Life and Patriot. Um, and, and those two movies have a phenomenal message in there about just locking arms and getting something done. Standing up to those that you don't agree with and getting something done that's right and correct for all of us. So, uh, um, Rich, Mike, Carol, thank you for joining me here. Uh, we're going to do this you. again, hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. Uh, but uh, we will do this again because it's always fun and it's very informative. And, and for those of you who don't live near us in the, what we call the Antelope Valley, you might be out of state. Uh, you might even be out of the country. The same principles apply right where you're at. It doesn't matter if you're in Africa, if you're in China, or you're right here in the, what we call the Antelope Valley, the same principles apply. So you may not uh, know the people we're talking about directly or even heard of them, but the principles apply. Stand up, take a stand, uh, move some mountains. God be with you when you really start doing the right thing and, and get that momentum going. God will stand with you. You might have to do it a little bit different than what we're doing, uh, but nonetheless, you can still do something for the good of your community uh, and, and your nation. And when you do that, it's for the good of, of the globe, everybody on it, because when it starts happening in one place, it starts happening in another place. And you just might be that group or that person that ignites a fire, that changes the way things are um, going on an, on an international level. You may not think of yourself as that manner, but I don't think anybody that really did anything spectacular ever did. You know, and you know? it's, it's a malignancy, that mindset that says you have to do what you're told all the time. Right. And I, I remind our people all the time, the Boston Tea Party, which every American, at least of my generation, is right. well acquainted with, mm -hmm. people think that there was probably thousands of people that took, play, took part in that. The highest estimate I've ever seen is 120 souls. Right. We've had more than that at PFC meetings. From oh, time yeah. To time. yeah, yeah. So if you think it can't be done because there's not enough of us, think again. Yeah. So, uh, again, Mike, Carol, Rich, thank you again. Thanks for having us. Thank you. You know, I just got to say this. Thank you, Rob, because you are a voice in the darkness, man. <laughs> and uh, I do listen to your, uh, your, your podcast and... Table flippers, you're yeah, doing that, brother. Here. Keep up the good work. Yeah, a bold voice. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we're signing out, ladies and gentlemen. You all have a fantastic day, and there will be more to come.
Thank you for choosing Table Flippers Podcast. To find our merchandise page, go to gwcclancaster.org. Then find the Table Flippers link, click on it, and it'll take you right there. Until next time, have a fantastic day. Say goodbye, Chippy. Goodbye!